So, work-life balance. Have you ever thought about that? Because I have. Maybe we work too much. We don't work enough. What's the balance? Well, today we're going to be talking about that. Roll the tolls. Buongiorno and welcome to the More Worth Thinking podcast hosted by me, Lee Greeno, here live from the Man Cave every Monday where we speak to extraordinary individuals, individuals such as Ariana Thomas-Gorn who is on with me today all the way from Cambridge and she is a cracking, cracking guest. She is a transformation coach and let's face it, the way this year is going, we all need a bit of that. Um, she is such a lovely person. Uh, we get in depth in how she got started, how she got started in uh, nutrition and well-being. She talks about where she came from and all about being a refugee as well in the war, which is uh, quite poignant at the minute. So lots to talk about in this in this interview, and a really lovely woman. So make sure you keep listening. Now remember, there's only four rules on the podcast: one, no bullshitting; two, no judging; three, no negativity; and four, have fun. Okay, enough of me going on. Let's get on with it. This is my brilliant interview with Ariana. So welcome to my way of thinking. And this morning I have, this morning, this beautiful Monday morning, I have a very special guest on. It is the one and only Adriana Thomas-Gorn. Welcome, Adriana. Hello, Lee. Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you too on this glorious, well, it's not too bad at all. Uh, Monday morning. I'm a bit hoarse this morning because um, yesterday my son is moving to London, quite a big step. Um, and yesterday we had sort of a farewell party, so I had a few beers. So I'm a little bit, <coughs> a little bit dry this morning. <laughs> Did you do anything interesting over the weekend? I was interesting. Uh, yesterday it was a Mother's Day, and I'm a mum. And uh, my friend was coming when my best friend was coming from Romania to visit in London, and I went to see her. Yeah. So I kind of had a quite disappointed, disappointed kids. But uh, I just said, "I'm your mum," you know, whole year round. So why do we need to kind of stick to <laughs> on one day? But I really need to go to see my friend. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was amazing to see her and. Uh, it was freezing in London. <laughs> yeah, it was cold. The sun was out, but it was it was cold. So you're in uh, Cambridge, is that correct? Yeah, it's uh, Suffolk, it's a new market, the okay. horse town. And how do you, so my son's moving to London, he's moving towards Ashford, but how do you, tell me something interesting about, about Cambridge. Well, uh, the kind of the area, so basically where, where I live, it's a, it's a new market. It's like a ho- kind of horse racing town. Yeah. Um, it's, every, everything is kind of more outdoors. There's lots of horses around. There's uh, just, I bet there's I don't know, stunning, uh, stunning horses, aren't there, because of the racing? Yeah, it, it's really interesting because wherever you travel, you always need to make sure that you don't get stuck with the, you know, like a horse <laughs> horse racing. Yeah. Uh, so, but Cambridge, I, I'm just going to say it's absolutely beautiful city. Mm. It's uh, it's just a cult. It, I don't know wherever you kind of walk, it's it's just so beautiful. Mm. You know, like when we went yesterday to London, and a friend of mine she said, "Oh, I prefer Cambridge so much more than London because it's kind of so spread out." Yeah. But uh, yeah, if it, I mean, I, I believe like most most people from the UK just come to visit Cambridge because it's just so pretty. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's there's some beautiful areas around London, and then if you want to go to the hustle and bustle, you can pop into London, but then you can you know you can come out of it. I suppose the big thing is it's yeah. the cost of living down there. It's not cheap, is it? 
Well, where we live, um, because I, I've, but you know how it is like when you have a family, you, you don't kind of, I mean, actually, if I'm thinking about that, taking kids out is really expensive. So, yeah. but there is lots of places where kind of we take kids out, like more like forests and beach and, uh, but um I think it is because me and my husband, we are okay, like financially. So kind of it really doesn't affect us and all our friends here as well, that nobody yeah. really struggles. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of, I can't, I can't see, you know, I, I don't know how other people would, yeah, the difference. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm originally, yeah. So I'm originally from Croatia. So yeah. every time I, when I go back home and come back to the England, I'm just grateful, you know, I've got yeah. a house. I've got work yeah, <laughs> and I'm yeah. so happy. Yeah. But I don't need much, really. Yeah. And like you say, I think it's because I'm in the Midlands. So then when, when we come down to London, that's when we notice the price rise. Whereas if you've, all, if you've only ever lived in London, you wouldn't, you wouldn't notice that. So I suppose that's, you know, that's the big oh, exactly. difference, I suppose. So let's start at the beginning because you, you're from Croatia um, and we're going to talk about everything you've been up to, which is really interesting. But I noticed that you got your qualifications, was it in Serbia or somewhere like that? Yes, that's right. So yes. tell us a little so bit I about, was... tell us a little bit about that. Um, so I, so I was born in Croatia and um, lucky and lucky, I was 11 when a uh, war started in Croatia. So I have been a refugee for a year and now all this stuff is happening in Ukraine kind of oh brings God, up a lot yeah. of memories. Yeah. So, so because I'm a Serbian, lived in Croatia, we kind of ended up living in occupied area for eight, seven, eight years. So because I was Serbian, I had to kind of go to go forward with my education to Serbia. And because it's almost like, I'd say it's just kind of like two completely different countries, two completely different. It's kind of the accent. It's kind of Scottish and English. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of studied in Serbia. I studied physical education, um, graduated at, um, in 2003. So I basically uh, went to Serbia to kind of study, to actually go to high school and then uh, ended yeah. up uh, studying physical education. And uh, so it was 2003. And at that time, I really, I, I couldn't see the future there mm. because there was always like the cultural limitations. Um, and, and then I really worked hard to, to go abroad. And, and I'm going to say to you that that was the best decision yeah. that I've made for myself and, you know, for kind of for my family. And, um, and now every time I go back home, it's really sad to see that nobody moved on. Mm. You know, mm. it's interesting, like 30, it was 31 year ago when it was a war and people still talk about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, so, I, I do understand that in some ways. And it's similar to, I mean, war is, is horrendous and there's nothing quite like it. But I think sometimes, and I, I talk about sometimes on the podcast about people who get stuck in jobs because you, you're, it's a comfort blanket. But, and, and, it, and it happened to me when I was younger and I made that step and it was the best thing I ever did, but it was bloody difficult um, because you get yeah. stuck in a rut, you get comfortable, no one likes being uncomfortable, but it's the best thing you can do is when, you know, if you've got that feeling that you need to move on and like you say, you go back and there's people just stuck in a rut and you just think it's sad, isn't it sometimes, but that's what they decide to do. 
yeah, it was always interesting because I was uh, thinking about that yesterday when I was on the train and, and I was like, I, sometimes I feel guilty for having a good life. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, it's like, why do I have a good life? But then can really have to remind myself that we all really make choices. Yeah. I have so many of my friends say to me, I'd never go through what you've been through mm. to, to get what you have now. Mm. Like I've struggled to get my head around living in the UK for literally eight years. Yeah. My mindset just couldn't, couldn't adjust to this lifestyle because yeah. I still kind of um, had that mindset from back home. And so, but now when I'm looking back, I'm 42 and oh my God, it's, I really live, you know, how I want to live at my terms and it's incredible. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I think sometimes if you feel guilty, uh, that can ruin the experience for you. So you almost have to just give up, you know, you know, you sort of get on with it um, instead of feeling guilty. But it, it's a big transition. And we're going to get, like you said about the Ukraine, we're going to get refugees coming here again. It's going to be a big transition. I think when it's kids, it's probably, if it's younger kids, it's not so much maybe because you're a bit older then that's why it was the transition. But I think kids will, kids are pretty resilient, aren't they? Um, but yeah, it's, it must be difficult. Yeah. Well, it's, um, the, the, the difficult thing for me is actually seeing my parents now being 70 and, and just mm. literally seeing that they, they haven't moved on. They, they just gave up, gave up on life. So, and to me, it's just actually a reminder. What does it look like, mm. you know, to give up? Mm. And, and they had opportunities just as everyone else, but they've chosen to stay home to kind of protect home. And I was just thinking, well, home is wherever you go. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. people get, just get that stuck with the idea that that house is, you know, their life. Yeah. But isn't. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that's an old, old school way of thinking, isn't it? Really? You know, we go in the UK go back to World War II, you know, the man went to work, the woman stayed at home and made dinner, you stayed in that house for life. Now times have moved on. And I think for the better that, you know, the world's your oyster. You can do, you know, my son's moving to London. You know, I'm gutted about it, but the, the world's his oyster. And the reality is, you know, people move to countries. You can get to another country in five or six hours. That The world is a smaller place now, but it's to be embraced and... Uh, it is. It is a shame when you, you see things like that. Yeah. When I spoke with my friend yesterday, she said uh, other people's lives are not your problem. Mm. I was like, oh, you know, I'm kind of really taking responsibility, especially of my parents, to make them happy. And she's like, you can't make them happy if they don't want to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of really having clear in your head that uh, you really need to do the best what you can, but know that other people's lives are not yeah. not on you and then other people's lives are not your responsibility. So tell me a bit about getting into fitness and nutrition and health and everything like that. Was that something you always had? Because some people I'll speak to will say, when I was at school, I was into it. Some people, it happens later in life. Tell us a bit about that relationship and when you got into that. So um, my culture is we're really sporty. Mm. And our obviously like fitness, like tennis, football, uh, basketball. So we are kind of watching sports all the time. Mum's mm. family was very sporty. My mum was very sporty when she was young before she got married. And and I'm going to say one of my biggest inspirations was my 
is my uncle who was uh, a pilot. Oh, right. So um, well, it was like an army jet, is oh. it flying jets yeah, 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 so for yeah. the army. And it was interesting because, uh, you know, he was a child from a second world war and uh, my granny was really poor, but she re- he really pushed himself to, to go into the academy and he was chosen to, anyway, to, to kind of really excel. And every time when he was coming to visit us, he was always riding a bike and eating his apples and stepping on a chair and doing press ups and always kind of exercising while he was on holiday. And just his, um, I would say something about him that if it was kind of uh, a reflection of discipline, like Mm. really kind of mind, his mind, I just sounded that he was so focused that was something so appealing to me. And then on the other side, uh, my mom was very unhealthy. She was smoking. My dad was drinking, you know, beer. And uh, so kind of looking my my parents and their health um, and the way my mom was a feed, my mommy is still a feeder. So she was cooking constantly. And I really, you know, and then to me, it was kind of, I really wanted to be sporty, kind of wanted to have what those people who did sport had. Yeah. And my mom on the other side feeding and just, I mean, just, you know, just a typical family life kind of really pushed me that I wanted to be going sport because obviously with the war, we couldn't, I couldn't go on any sport activities. I couldn't train anything. So yeah. And I was, uh, I was 18. Um, I kind of started actually running on my own throughout the village where we lived. Mm. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot of comments from the village. Oh, there is a good, this crazy girl. She's <laughs> lost the plot. You know, we had, we have kind of grannies who sit on the bench in front of the houses. And my mom always said to me, please don't run. It's so embarrassing. Everybody talks about you like yeah. a crazy child. <laughs> yeah. But, but I always had that in me. Um, and how kind of, yeah. So basically I started studying physical, physical education. So that's kind of qualification to be a PE teacher and, and kind of, yeah, fitness and movement and exercise was always, I don't know, kind of under my skin. I had to do it. Really felt good doing it. And then it comes a conversation about nutrition that I really had issues with food, oh, like yeah. really big issues with food. So I started kind of, uh, I'd say, making myself sick when I was 14 uh, because of the type of food that my mom was cooking was causing me a lot, a lot of stomach issues. And... I, I would say that wasn't kind of related more to weight at that time, more kind of how much pain I was mm. feeling. Because if you're thinking about Turkish food, Hungarian, uh, like, you know, uh, East Europe, really heavy, yeah. heavy food, with loads of oil and flour and yeah. paprika. So it really kind of just didn't sit well with my stomach anyway. Um, but, you know, when we spoke before this conversation, it was that I, I really had messed up relationship with food mm. that kind of ended up in me really struggling to keep my weight to where I wanted to be. Yeah. And doing the sport, kind of just those two things kind of couldn't fit in together. Mm. And I had no idea what was going on. But I kind of kept searching so I kind of, I've done, uh, when I came in the UK in 2010, I, I did a uh, personal training qualification and uh, they were talking about the nutrition. I was like, oh, thanks God. Like, I'm just going to learn a bit more about that. But that was really literally just covering the basics. You eat healthy, you'll feel healthy. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I know that. 
We all know that, but that's not actually the reality, what people want to eat, what they eat. And it's, it was just kind of really complicated. And, um, in 2018 or 17, I signed up to get my nutrition qualification, which was kind of evidence-based, uh, qualification, uh, macronutrition uni. And that was a, a year for me I just think that was more intense than my university yeah yeah and they were they were touching a topic about eating behaviors yeah about eating disorders or disordered eating and I was like oh my god that's me Mm -hmm. and it literally kind of came back into thinking so I had like huge anxiety about food I hated food I hated everything that was involved about kitchen cooking food planning whatever and then I kind of got into my mind to really think about what was, you know, what was my mom, how my mom was talking about food, how she was preparing food, how she was talking about her body and her health. And, and also what was really interesting is that I realized why I hated sitting at the table. Maybe like some of your listeners can like think about every time we sat as a family, because my dad was, you know, um, I don't know what they call it. Like he was the main guy of the house and he was, you know, working really hard. And every time he sat at the table, it was always some, I always said something wrong. Mm. So I was always have that look across the table and said, kind of to send me to the room. Um, we kind of had really big clashes, me and my dad. And, uh, and I was like, God, that's why I hate sitting at a table. Mm. I didn't know why, but every time I sat at the table, it was just like, I know I want to be told off. Yeah. And, but then, yeah, sorry. So, and then basically kind of just started connecting the dots really helped me to kind of release that pressure that I created in my mind about food. Yeah. I bet that was like a light bulb moment, wasn't it? Because all those years, you're not quite sure what's going on. Your relationship with food, food's poor, you know, all these psychology, uh, psychological things going on in your mind and you're not quite sure. I think that happens in a lot of, a lot of things, but food, you know, we take it for granted. I take it for granted. I'm a big foodie. I like food. I've got a good relationship with food. I probably eat too much food like a lot of people. <laughs> um, but I'd, uh, but yeah, as a kid, when you're younger, it could proper mess you. You know, it's like the old um, eat everything that's on your plate. You you don't leave into. Uh, you must eat this. You must eat that. And putting that pressure on kids, it can proper mess them up. And it and sounds like that's what it's done to you. You know, when you got older. Oh, absolutely. But what was really interesting thing that I've kind of recently actually discovered. Because obviously I kind of, through my kind of coaching, I kind of ask myself, because if, as soon as I feel resistance to something, and I was like, oh, what's there? Let me just find out. And that was really interesting. It was, that was for me a huge thing, that I, I saw food as a threat. Mm. I felt fear for food. But guess what's the reason? What was the reason that I saw food as a threat? Mm. Because food will make me fat. Mm. Yeah, you know, in the I will say in that language because that's how we all speak. It's not like, but let's say from if I'm working, not coming from as a nutrition, I say, oh yeah, it's just going. I'm going to gain weight. Yeah. So in my mind was always a battle. I didn't want to gain weight because I didn't know how to control it because I always lost control with food. And when I finally realized that, well, food isn't a threat. It's you know, 
I have to eat to be able to live. And then as soon as you kind of, uh, what I'm now working with my clients is for them to start feeling peace with food. Mm, mm. It's okay to eat whatever you choose to eat. Just be at peace with that. Mm, yeah it's interesting that when you have something so uh, i keep saying psychologically but it something in your mind it can be a fear of something a fear of food there's two ways you can usually resolve it or, or work on it and one is get therapy you know which is you go absolutely talk about it but what you did is actually became knowledgeable about it and that works as well i find that if people find the ins and outs you know if someone's scared of flying they, they find out all about planes how they work how pot you know all that kind of thing so there's two ways isn't there there's the therapy way and then there's the knowledgeable way and you've almost done done both really haven't you well i had to uh, that that's really interesting point because i think that we are all actually lacking information so especially like for example i mean i've done a therapy as well because of kind of I feel at age of 40, I feel you do carry on a lot of luggage uh, that you can't resolve on your own. Yeah. And then you keep pushing it away. It's like, why is this thing following me? And then obviously you can't keep running away from it your whole life. And then actually going to talk to someone about it, I'm going to say is really life changing. Hmm. So I kind of had to do it for my mental health for, you know, for all the relationships that I had in my life for me to understand it. Yeah, but education. This, but again, like this is this is the problem that kind of everyone is facing these days is what information is correct information mm. because there's so much. Yeah, you know, like when we're talking about nutrition, there's just so many different you know ways to learn about it. There is obviously demonizing food and saying you shouldn't be eating this, you shouldn't be eating that. I am so lucky that I found a you know qualification that it's actually it's embracing your food choices, yeah, and knowing what's the goal. Yeah, if your goal is health, you know, we're gonna uh, that is a balance that isn't one way or the other, or you know, going from one extreme to the other. It's the balance that works for you and yeah. your life. Yeah. And your values and what you want from life. And you know, when you said... Yeah, it's good what yeah. you said there about balance because I think when people get problems with eating and whether there's so many different things, they might not want to get fat, they might, you know, there's loads of different reasons. Um, I think one of the big things is balance is if you're going to make a change, can you do it for the rest of your life? Because if you can't, then what's the point? So all these fad diets, you know, keto diets, all these different diets, if you can't keep it up and, and bring it into your lifestyle, what, what's the point? Do, would you agree with that? What's your thinking? I, I just think the, the thing is, is I am absolutely for long-term change. Hmm. And, and one of those things is we have to just become really good at basics. Hmm. So when we are talking about health, uh, I, so kind of in my journey, and I'm, I'm so lucky that I've struggled with weight, you know, after giving birth to my two children, I struggled like really badly with mental health. And all I could see is, is our desire to be perfect Mm. or our desire that, you know, 
someone must have that magic formula out there that I need to apply into my life, follow it, so I get the results that they get. Mm. It actually doesn't work that way. I think this is like long-term, or let's say long-term sustainable change it really comes from your how do you how you see things mm. how you as an individual can find really what makes you happy mm. what works for you because if you're thinking about so for example my husband and i so i am into exercise and i love movement and i make sure this is my priority he's other way around mm. and he still to this day beat himself up about it mm. and i feel it's kind of really understanding what what you know so if i ask you what is your what is your goal what what if you achieve something in your life what is that that it would truly make you so happy mm, yeah <laughs> i think when you get older <clears throat> when you're younger you might be more I want to be this shape. I want to look like that. For me, as I've got older, I just want to feel good. I want to feel good. You know, yeah. exercise makes me feel good. I don't want a six pack. I don't want, you know, I don't want to look amazing as long as I'm reasonable and I feel good. And I think that's, that's the thing is you become more comfortable in your own body as you get older, I feel. Uh, whereas a lot of people see Instagram and social media and see this perfect life. And they're like, I want that. I want to look like that with a six pack and and that I think that's the the difficulty this day and age isn't it No <laughs> I say no it's not difficult well the thing is is um it really depends if that is what you want mm. So I feel like people really need to be clear with what they want mm. because it I think it's like when we're so for let's say I look now how I always wanted to look but there was the price to pay for it. Mm. That was to keep my life, um, in, let's say in a certain order that makes me feel good. And how I look is literally just as a side effect of that. Yeah. So, but I really love what you said, that you love feeling good. Mm. And if that's everyone's goal to feel good every day and for them to have the idea, what, it, what does that look like? And for people to work towards that, because, you know, we can all be happy at different shape and size. Yeah, yeah, of course. But really kind of, I think it's really kind of understanding, yeah, what is that that you want from mm. your life, from your body, from your health? Mm. And when you know what is that, I'm just going to say there's literally nothing, nothing that is going to stop you to get that. There's no age, there's no hormones, there's no, you know, uh, how much kids you've got, you know, how many, what, you know, relationships you had. Literally, if, if having a healthy body and let's say a certain way that you want to look, there's nothing to stop you yeah. to get there yeah. except you just say, oh, I just can't be bothered to do that. Yeah, yeah. Do you, when you work with clients, is it always uh, eating or fitness or is it, but do you tend to train people for fitness and then the new the nutritional side of things comes into it anyway. Is that how it tends to work? Or do you get specifically people want help with food? Um, the longer I am in this journey of coaching, the more they come to me, let's say, with a physical problem. 
they say I need to lose weight or I'm really unhealthy or I need to get fitter. And then my question is, tell me, how do you see yourself? Mm. What do you talk? How do you talk to yourself? And literally, and that's kind of where everything's, you know, first it gets shocked as what what that has to do with eating. Well, eating is, let's say eating and exercise and the way how we live our life is literally just as a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. Mm. What do we believe we deserve? Do we feel good enough or not good enough? And literally that's kind of, or like that we just simply believe that we are not worthy to feel good or, you know, to feel healthy. And that is kind of really just, I basically just said, it's like just the deepest reason that people are eating the way they, they eat or let's say they refuse to go and exercise. So yeah, so when I work with my clients, I really kind of help them to know the, the information they need to know for them to achieve their goals. Mm. There's no fuffing about, oh, you need to avoid this, you need to avoid that. These are the simple ways for you to achieve your goal. Because mm. so a lot of it is common sense, I would guess. A lot of it is Ab- you know, you've worked successfully with a lot of people. And I suppose a lot of it is just guidance and giving them that common sense around food and, and fitness, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. That's what you just said. It's, but, it, you know, it's the common sense is, isn't always a common practice. Yeah. So, so it, it's always... When, but this is the thing. I, I see the biggest challenge people have is guilt and shame that they feel about their food choices. Yeah, yeah. And I'm here to remind them and really empower them to say, your food choice is based on what you want, not yeah. what you don't want, because you wouldn't eat that food if you didn't want it. Yeah. So it's kind of really understanding where is guilt coming from mm. or where is shame coming from and just kind of keep pointing them in that direction. And it is like, okay, why do I feel guilty about eating that? Or why do I beat myself up about if I went with my friends and had a great dinner and, you know, had a couple of bottles of wine, where is it kind of, it just doesn't have sense. And it's, um, it's more kind of just being free, Mm. you know? So I'd say the, my, I would say for what I do is really helping them to change their mindset. Yeah, yeah. And once you change their mindset and so they're starting to get fitter, they're starting to eat better. Do you think, because energy is a big thing, I find, is is not having energy to, ex- you know, get the exercise right, get the, but just some days, uh, maybe because I'm getting older now, you, you think energy. Do you think that's something that is more down to food than fitness? Because energy is a big thing, isn't it, when you get older? Yeah, it's, I'm going to say, what habits did you collect along the way that make you tired? Mm, yeah. It has nothing to do with age. It's yeah. literally the habits you started doing that are contributing for you to feel drained. Mm, yeah. That's normally, you probably, so number one thing is the sleep routine. Mm, yeah. Everybody has really, really poor sleep routine. They're prioritizing life over sleep and i'm going to say that sleep is number one that actually is going to recharge your mind brain body they're going to start getting that energy back yeah number two is movement 
how much we are moving our body throughout the day. That has nothing to do with exercise. That is completely separate. It's how much are you really, if you're thinking about how much you're in a sedentary position, how much you're actually standing and moving about, and then you actually see that people stop moving. Mm. And literally, I'm just going to say those two things are really, I'd say they are, they're my top priority. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I know, I literally no longer, uh, you know, have those afternoon slumps at like 3, 4 p.m. that I literally can't keep my eyes open. Yeah. That never happens anymore. Um, and then it comes, so I, I'd say those are two core things that really affect people's energy. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you another thing which I think affects it as well, for me personally, is routine. So having a routine in the morning is really key for me because it'd be so easy just to roll out of bed and not be bothered. But if you've got a routine and you know you've got to get these things done, it wakes you up, you're ready for the day. I can't imagine, if I didn't have a routine, I'd be a nightmare. I'd be rolling out of bed late, I wouldn't be bothered. But, you know, knowing I've got to go down, I've got to do this, I've got to sort the dogs out, you know, it's putting putting yourself it's putting that commitment onto yourself even though you don't need to i mean if you've got to go to work uh, early in the morning that that work is giving you that commitment you've got to you're getting paid but if you haven't got that you've got to do it to yourself haven't you got to discipline yourself absolutely i, I mean our brain uh, really uh, thrives in routine mm. um i mean my whole life is actually since i started changing my whole uh, life, mental and physical health, it's literally having a very strong routine. Mm. So one of the things like I, for example, I have uh, every single morning I get up at five or 6 a.m. and I do journaling. You know, I do kind of gratitude thing. Oh, one of the best things I'm going to say, if anyone is listening here, I do cold showers. Yeah. Wim thought, yeah. <laughs> do you do it straight in the cold shower or do you have it on warm no. and turn it to cold? <laughs> Oh, godly, I would, I would absolutely be like ice block. No. So you basically start with like with a normal warm shower. Yeah. And then I turn it on cold. Yeah, that is good. I do that sometimes. I, yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. yeah. No ice baths, yeah. though. I don't think I could do the ice bath. Oh, do you know what? I, last year, uh, we bought, I think it was from China, we bought like a, a, a tub. That it kind of, is it how like a bath that we put it outside and while it was like a minus outside and literally took the so we put um we filled up that bath and and i started kind of going on top and i was doing that every morning but i realized that i literally couldn't defrost the whole day so i stopped doing it then i was like it's not working for me um cold showers <laughs> cold showers will do <laughs> yeah but that's a good and it's them little things isn't it it's not rocket science you know, have a cold shower and it's those little things that get the day started off correct. Whereas I think some people who are struggling with the diet and fitness, you can, you can almost trace it back to what was your routine like? What, what do you do in the morning? Yeah, I, I am going to say what people prioritize mm. on what people spend their day on or time on will influence their life, mm. you know, for better or for worse. And if anyone who is listening, really ask yourself, what, is, what are you prioritizing right now in your day-to-day -day life? What do you think is the most important thing? And then you actually see that there, people are prioritizing uh, things that are just not impacting their life in any good way. 
and that's kind of clattering their life. So yeah. I think it's one of the one of the biggest things that I always say to you know my clients and let's say my followers is really look at you look what you're doing and start making little decluttering of your schedule of what you do of things that maybe you can uh, you know pay someone else to do it especially like women and cleaning thing like lots of women saying I can't afford to pay a cleaner it's like twenty pounds a week mm. to kind of you know if you're having someone for two hours and you know if you go out with kids. You don't think about spending hundred quid on them to make them happy. True, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's little things like that. Yeah, I tell you a big thing as yeah. well, which takes us sort of back to when you were on about your parents is stress, because this modern, oh. the modern day is very stressful. You know, you've got your phone beeping, people at the door. You know, it's very stressful. You go back to your parents where they're stuck in a rut, but I bet their stress level is is, is quite low we sort of all get stuck into the stress buster and we make life so stressful. Tell us a little bit about that. Do you, I suppose a lot of your clients are dealing with a lot of stress as well. Absolutely. So there is always, uh, always comes back to your uh, perception on things and why those things stress you out. What you mentioned about the distraction. So, um, I, I see a lot of people, they've got, you know, buzzes on their watch. Uh, their phone is like beeping. Uh, uh, if you're basically working on the laptop, you know, 20. Oh, no. No, it's fine. Oh, are you there? So it's just because you froze. Yeah. Um, so what I would really recommend that you actually pay attention is how many distractions uh, in, in a form of uh, vibration, uh, lights, and you really look at it and start eliminating it. Mm. So my Fitbit watch uh, hasn't been connected with my phone for over two years. Mm. All uh, I've literally, again, decluttered my phone, like home screen. I've only used the apps that I use and they're all kind of tidy pushed. You know, that I actually, it's simply that doesn't, doesn't you know, distract my mind. And all my notifications are removed so that I can actually only see them when I go into the, uh, into the app. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm really constant, like really mindful of that. And, and kind of, I mean, those are, those are kind of little changes that make a massive impact on, on yeah. people's lives. But when it comes to stress, you know, that comes back into, how do people deal with stress? It's, it's mindfulness, really becoming aware of it, mm. aware of your kind of like scan yourself kind of, okay, I'm feeling really stressed about today. Well, what, what do you do about it? Mm. People normally feel like, Oh, I'm just stressed. I don't, you know, I don't have to do anything about it. So I am very, well, I'm always encouraging people be very proactive about it because the impact of that will have, you know, have on all areas of your life on how you show up as a parent, how you show up as a partner, um, you know, how proactive you are at work, how you actually present in your day-to-day -day life. So it, it can have a very negative impact if people just feel, Oh, there's nothing to not, nothing I can do about it. Yeah. I think it's like you say, you need to be aware of it 
Um, because it's interesting what you say about the watch, because I've got a, a Garmin watch. And so that, so I've got that because I just, when I fuck off for a run, I just want to see my heart rate, just general information. So of course that links to my phone. And you go on my phone and oh my God, it tells me how much sleep I'm having, when I'm awake, <laughs> when I'm asleep, when my heart rate. And so now I'm getting stressed looking at my phone. <laughs> You know, it's telling me I'm not sleeping enough because I'm looking at my phone, seeing what my heart rate is. I'm like, oh, no wonder. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's a little... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got this to try and give me some fitness. It's stressing me out. So, and it's the little... And I think that's the way the world is now, though. It's all connected and interconnected. And it's like, just like you said, the little things are... So I switched that off. I switched that off. I could tell it was stressing me out. And I switch that off. And if you can do that with all them little things, that eases, eases a lot of, of, of pressure. And also what you were saying earlier is about feeling guilty. I think sometimes we put a lot of stress on ourselves. You know what I mean? And, and pressure. And I think that's something people need to be aware of as well, isn't it? I'm going to say everything starts with self-awareness. Mm, yeah. If you... If you are not willing to become aware of everything that you do, everything how you think and how you feel, then what really, because that, that is the source of how you can start changing things. Yeah. yeah. When you are not aware of it, when you, when you don't want to look into things, you feel you can't do anything about it. Mm, yeah. But actually, when you slow down, and I would encourage anyone who is listening this, slow down. Mm. You know, just, just notice what is in your life that right now feels out of control or out of sync or things that you wish are different and just ask yourself, yeah, what can I do about it? Mm. Yeah, it's true. Just, you know, really little thing. And, but, but you know what you said, it's like, what well, we are, we are just rushing. We want to get everything done. We want to be everywhere. We want to be successful. We want to, I don't know, be the best parents and give our kids everything. And it's like, and that's how we feel we're getting out of sync with ourselves with, you know, we just completely disconnected with what we want, what we like, what makes us happy. And life just becomes too much, you know, so overwhelming. And that's how like my mental health and I, I bet now mental health with so many of other people, yeah, it's just, you, you simply feel like you can't cope. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. And looking at the, so your website's great, by the way, and I'll put it in the, the show notes. You've got loads of things on there. You've got free access to training tips and things like that, which people can sign up, which is great. Where do you see this going in the future? Have you got a plan or are you just taking it day by day and working with clients? Or is there, is, is there something in the future where you'd like to be? Oh God, yes. Um, I I kind of started getting more more and more into kind of psychology and mindset and actually coaching, yeah. which is more which is more really helping people to see what their potential is, yeah. and also for them to start thinking about their future, but the better future. And and I I can really see. Well, I'm going to say I really want myself to become an artist of a conversation um, of actually helping someone start getting excited about their future. 
rather than thinking, oh, my life sucks now. Yeah, no, it's now. You know, but let's just go somewhere else, like in the future. Who do you want to be? Anyway, so for me, it's um, so I I see myself. Uh, I really wanna want to help people to start seeing their life and themselves as as gold. Mm, yeah. That they actually have everything they need right now to make their life a better place tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. But also for them to become aware that they can be at peace and happy right now. Yeah. So really then in the future, you, you'd be looking at doing another court psychology course or something like that then? I would, I would take that's the kind of thing you'd be looking at. I think kind of where I am right now, I feel personal development for me, it, it's basically the part of life um, because I just see that there is always there's always more to learn. There's always obviously going deeper into understanding of human behavior. Yeah. And, but what is really interesting when you actually start seeing uh, people start just looking lighter, you know, just mentally lighter and more excited about future. And, and if I'm able just to kind of, you know, reach one person extra a day to be happier and more empowered that they can change their life you know, uh, for me, that that's, that's my mission. Yeah. And also you do on the website as well, you do your little podcast clip it's Yeah. The, so these little podcast, is this something you're going to continue with? Keep, keep giving bits of advice out or. Do you know what I was? So my plan is that all live videos that I'm doing on Facebook, that I put them on that podcast so people can listen. And I've been, I've been, uh, what would be the word? Uh, I haven't been kind of really committed to that, but it, literally if anyone, if anyone goes on my Facebook page or on my, you know, private profile, that kind of put it in public. Um, everything is there and I'm showing up every single day, uh, a few times a week sometimes, but I'm going to be moving that on the podcast so people can listen. Yes. It's hard that, work. That's it? my goal. It's hard work trying to keep up with everything. You know, you're working with clients, which is your priority. Then you've got social yeah. media. Then you've got blogs. Then you've got podcasts. It's hard to keep up with it all, isn't it? It's <laughs> yeah, I was like, literally last week, I, I, I had over 30 coaching calls. And I'm just like, how can I even fit anything? Well, but look, it it's good, good. Day. It's good to be busy, though. You know, that's that's the, yeah. the key. Being busy is, is a brilliant thing. One, because obviously it's good for you to be busy work-wise, uh, but you're helping more people uh, and you, you're spreading the message, which, which is great. You know, that that's great news. And I think now people are more, will put money more. Years ago, people wouldn't spend money on their fitness or, or coaching. They would go to the gym and it was simple as that. But I think now people are more in tune to getting someone to help them. They're more open to coaching and mentoring, um, which is which is great, really, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I feel like it, that that is the way forward. If I look my last two years, and if I didn't have coaches and therapy, yeah. I would really say that people who are struggling with mental health that they do actually get someone who is, you know, a therapist that is going to kind of help them to to have that safe place uh, to explore what is that going on inside of their mind. So I, I would just say. Without therapy and coaching, I, I wouldn't be able to actually feel so free and happy that I am right now. Yeah. So it's, I would so encourage people if they struggle to reach out. Yeah, definitely. You know, to people who can really help them. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I always ask my guests for a bit of advice so it can be the best bit of advice that you tend to give clients or that you've had. Tell it, tell us what, give us a bit of advice. Advice. Okay. For today, because I've, you've mentioned energy. I am going to advise you to really prioritize your sleep to, to not, to not watch screens and social media or TV at least an hour before you go to bed. What? You can't do that. <laughs> yes, you can. You're yes, insane. you can. <laughs> yeah, this is this is one of the great ways that we actually can start detaching from something that is controlling how we feel and think every day. And if you actually put your phone on a charger downstairs or in the other room and just notice the impact it really has on your sleep or on you how you feel because we all have the desire oh oh i i don't want to miss out but what is exactly that you're missing out mm. stress yeah or reminder that your life isn't as it should be yeah it, you know like a comparison with other people so i'm going to say prioritize your sleep no watching screen an hour before you go to bed and don't touch the phone an hour after you get up in the morning. It's impossible, <laughs> it's impossible what you're asking there. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I am challenging you. Try. Try. Half an okay, half an hour. Can we? Can okay, you do half an hour? hour? Okay, we'll go for half. Okay, half an hour before you go to sleep. Hold on, let me just check yeah. my phone. Half an hour. Yeah, okay. Oh, I check my half phone. An hour. I was, no, I, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. I set the alarm on my phone. I need to look at the phone to see the alarm. Yeah, just press it. Just press it. No, you've got watch. Anyway, but it, this is something. No, this is something that people really struggle with. Yeah, it's feeling so connected with the phone, and and I'm just going to say that really changes how you feel. Yeah, no, I, I do. I'm joking aside. I do totally understand what you say because the phones control our lives, and it's yeah. nice to give that little bit of power back to us. Um, what's the best bit of advice you've been given, Adriana? Hmm. Oh, that's uh... okay. I, I'm going to say your thoughts are not real. All oh, right. Okay. Explain that. Um, that to me, uh, because I was severely depressed my whole life, um, and in the therapy that I was doing, uh, my therapist basically said to me, "There's nothing wrong with you." Hmm. And I said that that's incorrect. I'm totally messed up and I've got this and that. And she said, there's nothing wrong with you. Anyway, came down. I'm going to just really summarize really short. She said, the thoughts are not real. And how I've seen it, that the thoughts are just our creation that creates imagination. And what we are experiencing in our minds are our imagination. And then I asked her, so are you saying to me that I've imagined my depression? She just said, what do you think? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's completely changed mental health for me. And, 
yeah, obviously I'm, you know, I am facing, you know, often, you know, those internal battles that we all do, but never, never with so much seriousness that I did before. Yeah. 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 It can manifest. It can manifest. If you let it, it can manifest. It is, it is true. There used to be, uh, I can't remember who said it, but they, they, they said you could, uh, go out today and have a walk round and not notice any, uh, cars. But if you want to buy a white car, you'll see white cars all day because that's what you're thinking about. And it's the same with bad yeah. thoughts. If you get a bad thought in your mind and you can't get, you can't get rid of it because you're thinking about it. It can manifest. Exactly. It's the same with, it's the same with everything. It is, it is true. And fitness yeah. helps with that because fitness sort of clears the way and, and get mindfulness gives you that, that clear headedness where you can, you can sort of ease off that. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. So yeah, the, those are, those are for me. Right. I'm going to say that was a life changing. Anyway, Good. thank you so Thank you so much, Lee. No problem. Uh, just quickly, a favourite. It can be a book or something like that that you, people are accessible. Have you got a favourite that you can think of? I'm going to say Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within. Oh, right. That was the first time that I've read about limiting beliefs. Yeah. And he was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> I don't have any. Oh, anyway, so he was. So it was really interesting to actually see it in writing. And that was the first time that, it, um, so Tony Robbins, uh, I would say is uh, the best book. If someone wants, wants to kind of go more into habits is atomic habits. Yeah. I've heard um, of that. Yeah. That's yeah and also if anyone wants to hear any inspiration or the podcasts, um, then I'm going to say for me, the top one is the Brendan Burchard. No, right. Um, yeah, so he, I don't know, he just basically every time he talks, because he brings a lot to, about intention and really being intentional to bring more joy and excitement in your life. Oh, okay. But also about friendships and relationships rather than just kind of business. Um, yeah, so these I'll, are my... I'll, I'll listen to that then because I love, love podcasts. So Brendan yeah. Richard, I will listen to that. Uh, and if people want to get in contact with you, social media or website, obviously I'll put it in the show notes, but where can people look? So they can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. So they can just basically type my name, Adriana Thomas Garin. And uh, I didn't kind of keep anything. It's just as simple as that. So they can, if anyone really struggles with, maybe like mental health or uh, relationship with food or fitness, you can just uh, send me a message and I'm going to share with you any tips and tools and strategies that I know you might uh, require in this moment in time. Oh, bless you. Well, look, Adriana, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you this morning. We got there eventually. Um, just, keep, just keep doing what you're doing. You've got a great energy about you. And, and you know, I know you're doing brilliant work with clients. So make sure, make sure you stay in touch and come back on in a year's time and we'll have a catch up and, and see what you're up to next. Absolutely. Lee, thank you so much. It has been an absolute joy chatting with you. No problem. Take care, Adriana. Take care. Bye. So that's it. Massive thanks again to Ariana for coming on the show today and joining me and, and also for you for listening. Now, make sure you follow the podcast because coming up over the next few months are some more amazing interviews. Make sure you like, rate, stream, 
download, blah, 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 if you can. Remember, there's a short clip as well on YouTube if you want to see this pretty face. Uh, social media is uh, My Way of Thinking podcast on Facebook. Instagram's My What Podcast. And remember, if you want to get in touch or you think you'd be a great guest or know someone that be that would be a great guest, then email me My What Podcast at AOL.com. Thanks so much for listening. God bless. See you soon.